initially when we started worshiping, uh, initially when we, we did our meetings outside, initially it was um, it was hard to we felt quite far and but I, I must say, it seems like uh, even with <laughs> uh, with time in learning how to worship in a different setting, it seems like we we're getting better at it. You know, so it was it was good. Thank you, Renfrew and the guys. You did you guys did really well today. Um, <coughs> uh, a little while ago, I um, I spoke about Matthew twenty four, and I I, sh- I I said that I I think. I think I said last week. I don't know if we're quite in the tribulation. If 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 the um, what's the what's the pain pains of the woman, birth pains. <laughs> Contractions. That's the one. Uh, um, if if so, <laughs> I must tell you the story. There was a um, there's a um, guy with us. He's actually leading one of the Joshua congregations now. Very passionate guy. And uh, we once were at a camp, and while we were at the camp, the one woman, uh, a girl, I mean, she was a student girl, got, got, got cramps in her, in her stomach. And uh, we, rushed, we rushed with her to the hospital, and he wanted to say she has cramps and so on, but then he started shouting, there, she's got contractions, she's got contractions. <laughs> and uh, they were like, you, I <laughs> it's hard to see where... <laughs> Um, but I I I was saying I don't know if we're quite at the contraction stage in some of the stuff that Matthew 24 speaks about how the tribulation time would look like but it feels like we at the you know there's this contractions the ladies would know that I kind of come to learn that in going through the 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 birth process or standing alongside the birth process is kind of just before those actually contractions. There's there's this fake contraction, right? It's, it's called Braxton Hicks, huh? Braxton Hicks. So so it's irregular and it's 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 just a while before. But you know, flip the contractions is quite close. Things are about to happen, and it it does feel like you know th- there's just much of what you would see in the tribulation is hitting our world increasingly, and. Uh, in Matthew 24, then, it says these three things that we would find increasingly happen in the tribulation time with the church. He doesn't speak about the world. He speaks about the church. Jesus is addressing the church. He says, in those days, many's love will grow cold, deception will come in, and brother will turn against brother. And it's amazing in this time, for me, how something trivial, some trivial issues, has find a way <laughs> to deceive people, to run after a thousand things, in this time, it's been amazing for me to see how these trivial things have turned the church against one another. <laughs> brother has really kind of turned against brother. And you go like, really? <laughs> right? And in the process, it feels like the love has grown cold. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, now I... Um, considered of uh, I'm reading with my kids and we're reading daily through some scripture we're reading the book of revelation at the moment <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it says just reading that book is a blessing john says it or well in the prophecy says if you read this book you'll be blessed it's simple you just read it you'll be blessed it's not it doesn't say read it and understand it, luckily. <laughs> it just says read it and you'll be blessed. 
The one who reads it will be blessed. And so in Revelation 7, John encounters, he encounters different groups of people. And uh, I think if you guys listened to what I said previously, there was like these seals that he had to pop. And every time a seal popped, some ca calamity or some release of some calamity came upon the earth, right? And then there's this break between the six, six seal that he pops and the seventh seal that he pops. And he's with, uh, um, he sees this bunch of people that I'm quickly going to speak to you guys about. Revelation 7, verse 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. It's just like one of those great worship scenes. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these? <laughs> like one of those guys that throw down a throne with a crown. It's like one of those big guys comes to John. And he looks at the multitude. He says to John, who do you think is, oh no, he doesn't say, who do you think? He's like, he's the dumb guy. He's like, who's those guys? Then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? John says, I said to him, sir, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes. Therefore, listen, it is interesting for me, they have washed their robes. They came through the tribulation time and they have washed their robes. You know, it's hard for me to see that there will be a rapture before the tribulation, you know. <laughs> These guys clearly went through the tribulation. <laughs> they washed their robes. Their robes were washed. They washed their robes says therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will shelter them they shall hunger no more neither thirst any more they shall shall not uh, the sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat and then it goes on and then you guys can go and and they speak about the specific group there's there's, there's a several groups in the Bible that of in the book of Revelation that is kind of pointed out that there's something special about them. They are those, I mean, and I'm just, they are those that are being beheaded for Jesus' name's sake. That are a special group of people. There are those that are suffered or died, were martyred for his name's sake. They're a special group of people. But then those that have come out of, it's not all the saints of all times that is in that group. It's those that have come through the tribulation and served God well and in the process have cleansed themselves and come out pure on the other side. Now, this is what I, 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 I feel. In the increase of tribulation, there will come an increase of purity in the church. It's like the divide is becoming increasingly, increasingly clearer. I'm, I'm reading this book of uh, um, Francis Chan. He's blessing me a lot. And he, he asked this question to his daughter that her birthday was about. She's in primary school. He asked this question to his daughter. He says, what would happen for your birthday party? It's like, oh, we're going to have your birthday party. What would happen? It's just like teasing her a little bit. What will happen if we don't serve any cake at your birthday party? 
We let them know, sorry, you guys can come to the party, but there won't be any cake. She says, please, Dad, if you do that, half of the people won't come. Only a handful of people will come. She says, but what if we say to them, I will take them to an entertainment park, and I'm willing to pay every ride that you want to go to. She said, Dad, if you do that, the whole school will be changed. She says, isn't that similar to the church? I'm telling you, <laughs> COVID strikes, and you're thinking, how are we going to get people back in church? Give them cake. <laughs> hey, roller coasters, how can we entertain the church more? Because God forbid that the only reason that they would come is for the birthday boy. <laughs> Is for Jesus. And so we try and gather and get people. And it's all so selfish. I'm telling you. Like the tribulation will be. There will be no cake. (laughs) If you're going to come. You're not going to come for your sake. It's not going to be how nice we can make it for you. Like I. I, uh, I'm I'm thinking about. You know. Of course I I love worship. and, And. And. The way that we do it. It's interesting, modern modern worship as we do it today, birth, was birthed in the 60s. A, a band, the setting like we did today. It was birthed in the 60s. It came out of, the, it spawned out of the rock and roll era. It was hand in hand with the rock and roll era. So for the last 60 years, this is how we've done worship. Never mind the last 2,000 years, it's obviously been different. But the last 60 years in the Western church, that's how we've done it. If I call, if we would call, a battle of the bands for Jesus, <laughs> a worship night, and we do it rock and roll style, it will not be hard to get a whole lot of people there. We'll serve, we'll serve cake <laughs> for the birthday boy. You call an all-night prayer meeting. You'll, you'll find a tenth of the people, if lucky. Right, And so we have found ways to gather and to pull together through cake. And unknowingly, that's so deep embedded in the church. It's so deep embedded in us. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I look here. I don't know if I look at this congregation. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how many is there for cake and how many is there for the birthday boy. I don't know what's going to happen if the cake goes away. I don't know if there's no more comfort. There's nothing just for him. I mean, we all learned the right songs. We all know how to do all this stuff. But I I don't know. I don't know who's going to be left. But it's going to come a time that it's going to be increasingly clear who's here for Jesus and who's here for the cake. Never mind the multitudes that's in it for the ride. Right? And he is cleansing. He is clearing his church. (sighs) Let the tribulation come. (laughs) May we be part of those that has cleansed ourselves. So, Matthew 24, as we've said, you know, that first part, we speak about this tribulation that's coming upon and some of the stuff that we're seeing around us and then the effects that it will have on the church. And then Matthew 25, that's what I want to speak about after this. Matthew 25. Then Jesus actually returns and he judges his church. I was always thinking, who is he judging? 
right? We'll, I'll speak now what the judgment is. But who is he judging? Is he judging the world? And I've, I'm, I'm convinced he's not judging the world in that case. Matthew 25, he's judging the church. There's three judgments that he makes. He's judging the church. It's God's people. And I'll, I'll, I'm, 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 I hope I'll be able to convince you <laughs> that it's definitely the church. That is, it's, it's, it's those to be known as God's people that he's judging. And secondly, the judgments that he gives is not because what anything or anybody has done wrong. But it's rather on the absence of doing something right. You hear what I'm saying? He doesn't judge anyone for doing anything wrong. You've murdered, you've committed adultery. No. All of them he judges for the absence of doing something right. You should have. And you just didn't. All right. It seems like it's a bit of a heavy one this morning, but I, <laughs> I, I want it to be heavy, actually. I think there's a waking up needed for us. So the first one, and the first judgment that Jesus comes to make is, and we've spoken about this several times, is, is to the foolish and the wise virgins. Can I just say that their identity and their position is exactly the same. They're virgins. It's not goats and sheep. It's virgins. All ten of them. All ten of them carries anointing. Only children of God can carry anointing. All ten of them has a flame. Only the children of God can, can carry a flame. All ten of them are on their way to the bridegroom. Only the children of God is on their way to the bridegroom. There is no difference there. And so ten of them are on their way to the bridegroom. I don't know who's foolish. I don't know who's wise. I just know these are the children of God that's on their way to the, to the king, to the bridegroom. And then on their way there, they fall asleep. As if that is all that happened to the church, right? <laughs> they fell asleep. Because... Things are seeming all right. Just quickly want to tell you guys a story. The reason why I'm on Matthew 25 so much is because the end of Matthew 24 then speaks about how Jesus will return when he judges. And he says this thing. It will be like a thief in the night. This week, a thief came into our house. <laughs> Jenny. It's an interesting thing. The, the Tuesday night, or for Wednesday night, we had Tom. And Naku said, uh, uh, we had this thing, do you have any weeds? We, 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 we did the parable of the weeds. And do you have any weeds, any, any, any passions of this world, or anything that, that captures you? And she, she says, like, so she says to us all, I don't think so. And then she says to God, I'm not so sure about my work. I'm not so sure about this. She, she's got this online thing that she's doing. Um, I'm, that's as much as I can explain. The online thing, <laughs> blogging, <laughs> all right. Somewhere apparently that needs to bring money in sometime, right? So, so she she she's she's doing that, and, and and she says to God, God, but if this is an idol in any way, if that is taking up a space in my heart that it shouldn't, please expose it. <laughs> so that night we go to bed. Sammy is supposed, or Sammy, 
wants to, uh, the dog, the grace over. The dog is, is weed in the house. He didn't tell us. He just wanted to clean it. He goes outside, gets the mop. It's cold. He comes in quickly. And before he knows it, he didn't lock the door. The, lo- the door stands open. We're thinking, of course, the door is locked. We don't worry. We go to bed. And at 6 o'clock, six, uh, no, half past 6, knock, uh, half past 5, knock, starts hearing steps. He's like, oh, the kids is in the house. The kids are already awake. No one goes to the loo, and the, the steps gets quiet again. It's like, all right. And when we woke up, <laughs> our laptop is gone. And uh, someone came in, came into the door, stole the laptop. And that laptop is the only source for our work. It's in Japanese, and you don't get any Japanese laptops in Stellenbosch or in South Africa. That's gone. That's gone. That, that project is gone. <laughs> All the work is gone, and there's not much unless that a Japanese laptop comes in from somewhere. Uh, you know, you, you can't do anything about it. And it's interesting, you know, we, we, we walk past it. Since we've been in Matthew 24 so much, you know, here it happens. The thief came into the night. And it's like it says, if you would have known, if you would have expected it, you would have been on guard, but we didn't expect it. I recently spoke to a guy, you know, he's backsliding. He says to me, you need to repent, man. You need to turn to God. He says, I always turn at the end back to him. I'm like, you're taking chances with a thief, man. You're taking massive chances with a thief. The second thing is, you know, if we were knowing that the thief were coming, we would have definitely be on guard. And suddenly, me and her, we look into ourselves and saying, like, what if Jesus would have come back and we have presented our lives right now? What if Jesus would, I'm telling you, if Jesus would come tomorrow and you know it next week and you know it, how would you, how would you make sure that you can stand before him in the judgment? But don't worry, he's not coming. The track that says everybody, everybody has all come and fallen in. Right? And so here's these ten virgins. They've fallen asleep, and uh, they woke up. There's this announcement. The bridegroom has come. The bridegroom has come. And ten of them, or five of them, realize that they don't have enough oil. They haven't had a backlog of spending time with Jesus. Now, listen here. I don't know about you guys, but I can sometimes do quite well without spending time with Jesus. I can rely on last week's revelation and the weeks before's revelation. I can cruise it through. <laughs> and I will fool everybody. But if Jesus would break in today in your life, how much oil would he find in that lamp? All right? And you know what I'm speaking about, man. You know what I'm speaking about. You know the, 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 the measure of oil. You know what is there. Recently after lockdown, you know, I, I, I said to someone, sometimes when I'm, when I'm good with God, when I feel like the, the oil is running over, and I'm, I need to, sh- we, you know, we've got this job of shepherding people and wanting to encourage them and, and run for Jesus. I don't think so much of what I need to say. I know if I can hang around them long enough, something of the life of Jesus will rub off. 
I don't think so much of what I say. Just bring them closer. And after lockdown, I, I, I was thinking, oh, I need to get to this and this and this, this one. And I suddenly start thinking. I start strategizing what I need to say, how I need to say it, how I need to package it. And I realize I don't have any back. I, I just don't trust the oil in me. I just don't trust the anointing in me. I just don't trust the life in me. It was almost like in that moment I was exposed. Your tank is empty, bro. <laughs> you need to get before God. And so it's interesting then that they send them off to the merchants to go and get some oil. Right? And on their way there, obviously the bridegroom comes and they don't make it back. I want to say this. Uh, you know, we <coughs> a couple of years ago, we... Um, being part of a Bible school, we, we send a group to go plant a church in Taiwan. And there was like six or seven guys from the Bible school that went there. And suddenly they went out of this Bible school, super spiritual environment where everybody is kind of floating and, and, and do that type of things. And suddenly they, they come find themselves in this place. And it became very clear who have dug wells themselves and who've just kind of drank from other people's wells it became very clear who has just learned how to rely on other people's revelation and who has learned to dug their own well. You know, and this is interesting, you know, it's like go to the merchants. So I don't have oil in myself. I've never learned, I've never learned how to seek Jesus for myself. Look, the, the church is, is, is I mean, I, nothing would distract from the church. I cannot come to the fullness of God without the church, really. And I've realized it so much with COVID again. After we could back and we could just pray together, we could just fellowship together. It just did so much to me. But I want to say that if it's going to substitute completely your relationship with Jesus, and if you've never learned how to dug your own well, you're going to get caught out. You're going to find yourself in a situation and you're going <laughs> to You're going to suffer. It's interesting, you know, Moses, when he um, um, went up, up the mountain and uh, found God for himself. And, you know, and people, people see the thunder and people see the things going there. Moses calls them and he says, please come. God wants to encounter all of us. And the people says to him, Moses, you go for us. And I, I sometimes still feel like, look, as elders, we don't want to go for anybody. We don't want to go for anybody. We're not called to go for anybody. Jesus went for us to make the way. Now you go. You encounter him. You seek. There's no mediators. You go get to know him. You go get the oil, your own oil. <laughs> In the second parable, the second parable is the parable of the talents. You guys all know that, right? It's, the, it's interesting. The talents, just, just by the way, what is first, the, w the, English, the English word talent or the, what would it be, the, the Hebrew understanding of talents? Who do you think is first? Hebrew, all right? <laughs> so that word is 2,000 years, at least 2,000 years old. 
And the English language just adopted that word from that parable and called talents talents. But it was firstly a money unit that Jesus used. And then later on, the English language just adopted that word as talents. And so you guys know it. It's, uh, Jesus comes. And so firstly, let me say it. It says there, the owner, the, uh, 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 <coughs> a landowner gets his, and it, and it puts that word in it, his own slaves. The world is not Jesus' slaves. The world is not Jesus' servants. It's the church who's his servants. He's speaking to his church. He's speaking to his servants. And then he says, I'm handing out different tal talents. Talents. <laughs> Yay. Different measures. <laughs> He's handing out. There's different measures in here. Just deal with it, right? We've got different measures. Some of us are larger measures than others. That's not the point. You will not be judged for the measure that's been handed to you. You gave it. It's got nothing to do with you. Jesus gave you. But you are going to be judged for it. That's how well that you steward that talent that's been given to you. Now, I, I look, and here's where I am at with this. I'm sure when the landowners speak about talents, and it is to further his land, his kingdom, it's not just like, look, I could run fast, and now I've learned to run faster. It is directly got to do with that which advances the kingdom. It's not like, look, I mean, Elon Musk has really learned how to use his talents. I'm not thinking Jesus is going to go like, good and faithful servant, well done, coming into the joy of your owner. He's used whatever he's had for his own purposes. That's not the point. It is what God has given you to further his work and his kingdom. That's the question. Right? And then there's, we know the one talent guy. He's the guy in trouble. But it's interesting what he's thinking when, 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 when the, the, the owner comes to him. He says, I was afraid that I would lose it. Can I just say to you guys that the kingdom... If you want to do the kingdom, it's always going to go with risk. You can't avoid the kingdom without risk. Safe players is going to get in trouble. It's the risk takers that has the better story. It's the safe players that gets in trouble. I wonder how many of you have got hurt by the church. If you've been in the church maybe for a year, maybe you're one of them. It will be highly unlikely if you haven't got hurt by the church. I've got hurt by the church. In fact, nothing or nobody has hurt me more than the church. The group of people here, well, many of you have hurt me. Man of steel, yeah, yeah. Some went through. <laughs> I need sympathy. <laughs> No, I, I want to say that's part of the, of the package. And so at some stage, the temptation that will fall on all of us goes like, if I step out, I might get rejected. If I dare, oh, I might fail. So what I'll do is I'll just stay in the boat. Praise Jesus. But I'm never going to risk it. I'm going to keep 
at least maintain this. And Jesus says to you, to them, well, let's, let's make it not personal. Jesus spoke to that person. He spoke to that person. He said, weaken and lazy. And again, I want to ask you, right? That which has been given to you. Well, let me, be before you guys are afraid that I get legalistic here. So, so let's just do Colossians 1 verse 12. Do not get confused in, in what I'm saying. Colossians 1. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share, some translation says partake, to partake in the inheritance of the saints in the light. What does God do? He qualifies. What do you do? You partake. The Father qualifies us. And as we sang this morning, nothing that we can do can qualify us before the Father. It's the work of Jesus. And He has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints. And therefore, He's qualified us to partake. But you need to partake. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Jesus has died and opened the way for us into the Holy of Holies. Now come in. No, no, I just want to thank you, Jesus, that you have made a way. Now come in. Oh, Jesus, it's just so awesome. You have made it available for us to have the presence. Now come and enjoy it. No, Jesus, I'm just so thankful that you've died. Come in. It's the book of Hebrews. It's like, okay, come in now. Okay, come in now. See, is, is, is my son... If I would buy him a bike, you know, it's not because of his good works. It's just because of the heart of the father. I've given him. That's part of, of his inheritance of being my son. He goes around and he tells all his friends, you guys won't believe it. My dad has bought me a bike. Oh, it's got so many gears. It's got this. It's got this. It's got this. And his friends ask him if he ever ride it. No, man. But I, can I just tell you about my bike? It, it, some of us can explain that inheritance in that kingdom so well. You know, I don't want to explain the kingdom. I want to demonstrate the kingdom. No one gets points for explaining the kingdom. People get points for demonstrating the kingdom. And that is, that is what Jesus ultimately is going to come to. Oh, just is too great a risk. I was just too afraid. I'll just, I'm telling you guys, this is not a light matter. And then the king says, what, I think it's verse. <laughs> it's the last one in this judgment. Verse 40? Verse 26, verse 26. 26. Matthew 25, verse 26. Lilani. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 526. I think I've given that. Verse 24. So it says, but his masters answered him, your wicked, that's, that's now the servant, your wicked and slothful servant. You know 
that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. You know, usually with, with Bible study uh, principles, we make people read a portion, and then you ask, what have you learned about God from that portion? So imagine we read now the prodigal son, and we, I go like, okay, what have you learned about God after reading that parable? And he's like, oh, he's unconditional, he, he, you know, he, he goes to fetch me, whatever it might be. Now let's, let's just do an essential Bible study principle here, all right? God speaking, he says, but his master answering, God speaking, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I scatter no seed. What have you learned about God when you read that verse? <laughs> right? I mean, I know we like to read the prodigal son. Luke 15, and it's true, of course it is true. Of course he loves and forgives. But we need to listen to the whole story here. We need to, we need to be willing to listen to both sides of his side. He's a fair judge. Well, here he seems like a harsh judge. So may we wake up. <laughs> may we wake up. The last judgment, the last judgment that Jesus gives, is it's interesting the picture of, of uh, John Piper, but <coughs> um, it's the king that calls his people in and he, he puts some to the left and some to the right. And then I think you guys know the story as well. He says to, the, to, the, to half of them, those that are righteous. It says, you gave me a drink when I was in prison. You clothed me when I was naked. You looked after me. And look at them. They're so surprised. Like, huh? Serious? When did you do that? He says, whatever you do to the least of these, you've done that to me. And then Jesus turns to the other and he says to them, you've never given me a drink. You've never clothed me. You've never cared about me. And they said, like, but when did we do that? He says, when you ignored the least of mine, you've ignored me. Now, here's the thing, guys. You can live a life absorbed with yourself and bother nobody and seems fine. <laughs> Michelle says, welcome to Stellenbosch. Right? You can do it and be fine. I've bothered nobody. And Jesus can go. I wanted you. I created you to live a life bigger than yourself. I wanted you to lay your life down for others. I wanted you to live for others and see for the well-being of others. But all that you could think or consumed with is you. Me and my house <laughs> is fine. Jesus says, he turns it then to this. I don't know you. I don't know you. That's just so foreign from me that someone that lives a life, fine life, happy life, glorious life, you know, and 
and, and I'm telling you, so much of the church, uh, of, uh, so much of how people's church experience is, is this is the question, how much can it benefit me? It's like a restaurant, right? I'll go pick the one that fits my taste buds. And this one is a nice preach and a nice this and nice. It's nice for me. And yet Jesus asked this question and he says like, <laughs> but the church is not a restaurant. The church is there for you to lay down your life for others. And how much of you? But at least the word has blessed me. <laughs> and I've grown a little bit here. And as long as it helps me and my family, can I say that family can be an idol? Even church. Can we lay down? Can we think a little bit wider? I, and I, I say this because I feel like in this tribulation time, if we want Braxton Eek's times at least then, all right. <laughs> it makes people self-absorbed more than ever. Everything is a mission. Everything is a mission to do anything for anybody. I mean, even putting my computer on and Zoom becomes a mission. Oh, this is too hard. You know, it's like, never mind getting out of my house. Right? I'm, I, I, I want to be shaken up. The thief came into my house. Next time it's Jesus. I don't want to be found wanting. You know, the th all three of them. All three of them that got judged couldn't believe that they could think it of them. Huh? But I'm fine. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to pray. And I... Can we... Uh, can we have repentance that, that leads to good works? There's a difference between asking forgiveness. I know some of you are convicted now. I'm sorry, Jesus. But that's not going to change anything. <laughs> It needs repentance. Sorry, Jesus, I'm going to get my oil full. I'm going to steward my inheritance. I'm going to live not only for myself, but for others. All right? Jesus?
grip our hearts again for Jesus. Father, may we see the need of others. May we come and again just lay our lives down for one another. Father, we bring down the, this demon of comfort. It's a, I mean, at least the demon is using it. But Father, comfort, comfort cannot come with those that's going to endure through this tribulation. Father, where we have lifted up our flesh and have found masterly how to mask all kinds of excuses, why not? Why can't I get up to, to, to see God in the morning? I mean, whatever. Whatever, I've got this thing or that thing. Whatever it is, Jesus, we lay down our comfort today. We crucify our comfort, Jesus. Father, once again, we want to say we are in your service for your purposes, for your glory. Father, we want to look up, get away from those thousands of mirrors that just focus on us. We praise you and we honor you, Jesus. Get the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen.